You are listening to episode 511 of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. Are you expecting and want to raise a bilingual baby but don't know where to start? Have you ever even thought about it? In this episode, I provide expecting parents a guide to bilingual parenting and address the most common questions asked. Join me as I answer seven of your most pertinent questions regarding raising bilingual babies. Walk away feeling empowered and giving bilingual parenting a second look. Plus, I share my experience at my latest event at the New Jersey Baby Expo. Yo, a bilingual parenting educator, author, and multilingual parent parenting mom, Jenny Perez, te invito as we take a closer look. Así que no te lo pierdas. Hola, hola, ¿cómo estás? I hope that you're doing well. I hope the life is treating you kind. Welcome to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Perez. I am coming to you from New Jersey. How are you this week? I hope you had a great week. My week was good, busy as we get closer to the holidays and as we get closer to our giveaway. Real quick, if you want to connect with me on social media, you can follow me at Legacy, spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. I also invite you to join our mailing list. You can do that at milegacy.com, spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I.com because next week we will be announcing our 12 days of Christmas giveaway, our 12 days of Navidad. We're going to be partnering with many brands, many toy brands. We're going to have baby stuff, toddler stuff, stuff for older kids. We're going to have really great prizes and I don't want you to miss out on that. So tis the season of giving. Make sure you follow, make sure you sign up so that you are in the know and make sure to check your spam folders, by the way, because the emails tend to get lost in the spam. And if you win and you get an email and we don't hear back from you. Guess what? That toy, that prize gets put back in the drawing and then we have to pick other winners. So we don't want you to miss out. You don't want to miss out on these amazing gifts, right? So Sunday, I was at the New Jersey Baby Expo and it had been a while. It's been a while since I've done these and it was sort of a last minute thing that I decided to do this because I like connecting with people and I miss connecting with people. And after COVID, we all got like cuddled up inside and then slowly we're like venturing out and now everything's pretty much back to normal, right? This was my first baby event in a while. And I would say I just kind of came back home. <laughs> I loved meeting you. If you attended the New Jersey Baby Mom Expo and, and you are listening, and this is the first time listening. Welcome, welcome to the show. I am so happy that I met you. I'm so happy that you stopped by. I'm so happy that you gave me the time of day because I like to talk. <laughs> and I talked a lot this weekend. Oh my God, I could not stop talking. But I was really on a high. It was a lot of fun. There were hundreds of people. There were tons of giveaways. And it was just a point for me of connection, but also a point of education education, which is why I am here today doing this episode because I actually planned a totally different episode. But because I got so many questions at the baby show that I really wanted to do this episode to answer many of those questions that I got during the baby show in hopes that if you haven't thought about raising a bilingual baby, that you are now thinking about raising a bilingual baby for many, many reasons. Bilingualism has many benefits, including, believe it or not, benefits in sports. And I will tell you, I was at the baby show, my eight-year-old daughter, Victoria was having one of her hockey games. She's an ice hockey goalie, one of the top in her division. And I was told that this was her best game. Not only did she receive the team award for MVP, but the other coaches team took notice and congratulated our team and said, what an amazing job she did. And I could not be more proud, but I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't there and I was, I'm really sad that I wasn't there. But thanks to technology, I did get to see it and she did have an amazing game. So so I was able to see the replays and all that good stuff. So shout out to Life Barn who makes that happen. So if you want to raise a sports loving kid, believe it or not, bilingualism will benefit them. All right, let's move on to the show. Espero que te guste. Ciao, ciao.
All right. So let's start with childhood bilingualism and let's look at the definition of what is childhood bilingualism. So childhood bilingualism refers to the condition in which a child is exposed to and acquires proficiency in two languages during their early developmental years. So this typically happens when a child is regularly exposed to different languages and interacts with speakers of two different languages in their environment. So the term really encompasses these two scenarios. So first you have what's called simultaneous bilingualism. And simultaneous bilingualism occurs in children who are exposed to and acquire two languages from birth or early infancy kind of at the same time. So both languages are presented simultaneously and the child becomes proficient in both. So for example, I was raised as a simultaneous bilingual. My parents only spoke to me in Spanish at home, but because I was in an only English-speaking environment, I acquired both languages at the same time. Now, I will say that you can become a simultaneous bilingual, but only show proficiency or a preference to one language over the other. So I have a video, an Instagram reel that has gone viral. It has like almost a quarter million views, which is absolutely insane to me. And many of the comments that I get are negative comments because in the video, I say that just because you speak two languages at the same time, don't expect your child to become bilingual in both languages, to become fluent in both. And that is because, and I go on to explain, explain in the caption that there are many things that happen and some children show preference to one language. Some children become naturally proficient in both. So every child is different. And even though your child may get that dual exposure, that really isn't a guarantee because bilingualism and language acquisition is something that doesn't happen overnight. It's something that happens over a number of years and throughout the years. And some bilinguals even experience loss of language, which is called language attrition. So I want to clarify that, but simultaneous bilingualism is really when both languages are spoken at once. Now, my daughter is also being raised as a simultaneous bilingual because we speak English and Spanish with her. And she's also being raised as a sequential bilingual. Sequential bilingualism in children are for those who initially acquire proficiency in one language and later, usually depending on the age, but later on start learning and becoming proficient in a second language. This could occur due to factors like maybe they move to a new country, maybe they start a bilingual education or they get put in a dual language immersion program. In our case, it was really because we focus on English and Spanish because that is what I'm strongest in. And that is what I spoke to her most, English and Spanish. And because my husband didn't speak to her in Bulgarian as much as I wanted to. Early on, we enrolled her in a language school, in Bulgarian school, when she started kindergarten. So she has become a simultaneous bilingual and a sequential bilingual. And I will tell you, there are differences. Being a simultaneous bilingual has its advantages. Early bilingualism in childhood brings out many numerous cognitive, linguistic, and even sociocultural advantages. So children that are exposed to languages at an early age often exhibit enhanced cognitive flexibility, improve metalinguistic awareness, they can become better communicators or have better communication skills. And this really can transcend what is linguistic and cultural boundaries. There are many other benefits like cultural awareness, empathy, they gain a broader global perspective, they can have enhanced academic performance, they can show potential to excel in reading, vocabulary, problem solving. There's even evidence that shows that being bilingual may delay the early onset of Alzheimer's later on in life. There's so many benefits. And as I mentioned before, even even benefits that can be applied to sports.
As I mentioned over the weekend, I was able to attend the New Jersey Baby Expo and it was a great event. I got to meet many expecting parents. I got to meet grandparents, uh, friends, and really dive into the world of new motherhood and expecting parents. And really, it was a point for me to educate those parents to be on the benefits of bilingualism and really the importance of raising bilingual children here in the U.S. I know my audience is global, so you may not have the challenges that we here have in the U.S., but know that it's a real deal. It's a real thing here, not having necessarily the environmental support to raise a bilingual child. And that is my mission here is to empower you as the parent to feel supported in this journey. So while I was there, I met many amazing parents and grandparents, and many of them had questions. So one of those questions that I had is, is it too late to start raising a bilingual child? Is earlier better? So I had a mom come and she was expecting, but she had an older child. I think her child was either seven or eight. And she asked me, is it too late to start raising my child to be bilingual? And I said, no, it's never too late. And it's never too late to learn a language. I will say that research suggests that children during what they call the golden years, and before it used to be like zero to six or zero to seven. Now I'm reading studies that say even zero to 10 or even zero to 15 years old is really the best time for language acquisition. And bilingualism in babies and in children is still something that they're studying. They do a lot of studies in bilingual adults, but when it comes to children, there aren't a whole lot of studies. So this is still a new field and this is still a new area of research, but it's never too late. My sister, who's a 25-year preschool teacher, will tell you from her experience over 25 years that children are sponges. During the preschool age, ages zero to five, they're sponges and they absorb everything that you say or do. So my sister, who's like my right hand when it comes to education and early education, she's a big advocate for raising bilingual children early on and the earlier, the better. I don't want to say that it's necessarily easier for them to learn a language, but it is easier for them to process certain information easier because as you start to age, language acquisition doesn't come as easily. If you do have an older child, however, and you want to start raising them bilingually and you haven't done so, it's never too late but understand that it will be a challenge and the best way and the best thing that you can do to help you in that regard is to try to bring in the language slowly and when you do bring in the language make sure that you have or that you create a positive connection from the language introduction to the child that has never been exposed to the language or that is just slowly getting exposed to the language because you don't want to bombard them with all of this information all at once if you've only spoke to them in English and then all of a sudden estás hablando en español, you're speaking to them in Spanish 24-7, or you're speaking to them in another language 24-7, they're going to look at you like, no, this is not happening, mom. <laughs> <laughs> or dad. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So you really want to make sure that you are tuned in to their emotions and to their feelings. And also you want to show them what's in it for them. Give them a reason to want to learn. Don't bring it like, oh, I want you to learn. No, bring it from the point of it's beneficial for you to learn because of A, B, C, D and give them all those reasons, right? But when you come in and start to impose, you are going to get that pushback that has a and they're not going to want to learn just like be like, okay, mom, see, we have a lot of Spanish. I'll be talking Spanish. No, it's not going to happen that easily. So while it is a challenge, it can be done. Another question that I get asked is, what if 
one parent wants to raise a bilingual child and the other one doesn't. So this is very common and this is something that I write in my book. Nobody told me this about raising a bilingual child because nobody told me that my spouse was going to want to raise a bilingual child. Like I just assumed that my husband was going to naturally speak to our daughter in Bulgarian because he's Bulgarian. And I figured, well, you know this language, like, okay, shoot, go. <laughs> just speak to her in your language. No, 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 not the case. So just because you want to raise a bilingual child doesn't necessarily mean that your spouse is going to want to raise a bilingual child. And here, what I can say is it sort of depends on the languages that are spoken at home and the support that you have to the language learning environment. So for example, if your spouse speaks a language, another language, so in my case, my spouse speaks Bulgarian. I speak Spanish, but I speak English. But let's say I didn't speak Spanish and my husband only spoke Bulgarian, but I wanted to raise our daughter to speak Bulgarian, right? If I don't speak Bulgarian, okay, she's still going to need that language exposure from somewhere. If it's not coming from her dad, it has to come from somewhere. So you have to supplement that language exposure from somewhere, whether it comes from a nanny, whether it comes from school, whether it comes from immersion, whether it means moving to another country. These are all ways that they can get that added language exposure. Now, the other thing is just like with children, you have to make your spouse see what's in it for them. What's in it for your spouse, not necessarily for your child. Why is it beneficial for your spouse to want to raise a bilingual child? And there are many reasons. One can be having a cultural connection. Your child and your spouse will have that cultural connection through language. Another reason could be they can have a connection with the extended family. They can better communicate with their grandparents or perhaps aunts and uncles that perhaps live in another country. Another benefit can be that your child, perhaps later on, can potentially earn more money. And you're like, well, how is this beneficial to my spouse? Well, your spouse is going to one day get older as are you, as am I. And I mean, I don't mean for our children to take care of us, but we don't want our children to be poor. I mean, I'm keeping it real. We don't want them to be poor, right? So the more that we can give them that advantage, that in turn is a benefit for us, right? So that's a way that you can approach your spouse and just kind of get them to see things differently. The other thing is that they're going to get a lot of cognitive and, and a lot of benefits that that's going to help them in not only in academic potentially, but also potentially in sports, but also potentially in other areas of life. And later on, if they want to learn other languages, it will become easier because you are fostering and you are nurturing that early bilingual development. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Are you a language enthusiast looking to expand your linguistic horizons? Well, I have the perfect solution just for you. Introducing Audible, your gateway to a world of imagination and language learning. With Audible, you can immerse yourself in a vast library of audiobooks spanning every imaginal genre, including books in multiple languages. From thrilling stories to self-help and educational titles, my personal favorites. Audible has everything you need to enhance your language skills. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Audible is offering a free 30-day trial exclusively for our language-loving listeners. Así mismo. 30 days of unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free. Gratis. To take advantage of this incredible offer, simply visit audibletrial.com forward slash legacy. That's audibletrial.com forward slash M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. With Audible, you can listen to your favorite books anytime, anywhere, whether you're on the go, working out or simply relaxing at home. Audible lets you enjoy stories in multiple languages wherever you are. Sign up today at audibletrial.com forward slash me legacy. With Audible, it's time to start listening. 
So the next question I get, which is kind of tied to the one that I just spoke about is, what if I don't speak Spanish or another language? Can my child be bilingual? So there are many monolingual parents that raise bilingual children. As I mentioned, I don't speak Bulgarian and I am raising my daughter to speak Bulgarian. However, it's not going to happen out of thin air. You have to have a support network. You have to give your child that added exposure. If they're not getting it from your spouse, if they're not getting it from you, they have to get it from somewhere else because otherwise they are not going to acquire a language. And in order for a child to have some form of language acquisition. Research says that they need anywhere from 20%. Some of them say as low as 15%, but I really think it's more like 20. 20% of language exposure up to 40%. Again, some say like 30%. All these studies are like, it's a guide. But in general, 20 to 40% is what I tell parents that they need. Now, what does that mean? That means that they need 20 to 40% of their waking hours of language exposure. And if you want to learn a little bit more about specifics about language exposure, you can listen to episode 459, how much language exposure does your child really need to become bilingual? That's a really good one. Very popular one. So again, 20 to 40% of waking hours is what they need in order to absorb some form of the language. So no, you don't have to be bilingual to raise a bilingual. I had someone stop by the table and just look and said bilingual. And she said, oh, I'm not bilingual. And before I got had the opportunity to even say, well, you don't have to be bilingual to raise a bilingual child, they walked away. So don't let your children miss out because you're not educated. Another question that is often asked is, are bilingual children confused? This is more of a perception on the parents because they don't necessarily know how language is absorbed in children. So generally speaking, children that are raised bilingually will have a tendency or may have a tendency to code switch or code mix. Now, what is code mixing or code switching? It means that a child will communicate interchangeably between two languages. So he may say like if they're speaking Spanish or learning Spanish, they may say, I want agua, right? I want water, but he's mixing I want in English with agua, with water, or I want leche, I want milk, right? So that doesn't mean that your child doesn't know what leche means or how to say leche in English. I mean, maybe they don't in that moment. What he is trying to communicate is what is coming naturally and what's coming easier to him in that moment. So at that point, it's really more about the child's needs and not necessarily about how the child is communicating to you. So when a child mixes between the languages, some parents think that the child is confused because they don't necessarily understand or they don't know a certain words in one language. But that is a very normal process and that is a very normal part of being bilingual and being raised bilingually. Now, another thing that I will point out is that infants and babies as early as in the womb, they've done research that shows that babies in the womb can differentiate between language patterns. So they can differentiate, believe it or not, between a Spanish speaker and somebody that's speaking English. So again, they're listening and in the womb, they're already beginning to distinguish between the different different language sounds, which to me, that is just incredible. So babies demonstrate sensitivity to these linguistic differences. Another question that I get asked is, is it true that bilingual children are smarter? As I mentioned before, there are many potential advantages of bilingualism in cognitive and social abilities, right? So let me give you a couple of examples of some research studies. So research has shown that 
in bilingual preschoolers, they seem to have somewhat better skills in terms of understanding other people's perspectives, their thoughts, their desires, intentions. They can even recognize face patterns when people are speaking more so than monolinguals. So they are definitely sensitive to certain features of communications, especially when it comes to facial features, expressions, and tone of voice. Bilinguals also appear to perform better than monolinguals on tasks that involve switching between activities. And this can perhaps be explained because when you're a bilingual or when you speak multiple languages, your brain is switching, right? It's like all these lights are firing off in your brain when you're thinking about uh, one word and then saying it in a different language, or perhaps you're thinking in one language and you're vocally saying something else. And then sometimes funny things happen when you're a bilingual, when you're multilingual, that you start mixing even syllables or language or words together and you create your own words. I know my daughter always laughs at me because sometimes I'll mean to say something in English pero like it comes out in Spanish. So like we have my girlfriend's name is Kim. Love her to death. But the other day I said, oh, we're going to be going to Kim's house. <laughs> <laughs> because in Spanish, I is E. And in my brain, I saw Kim with the I and my brain said Kim. <laughs> so for the whole ride home, Victoria was just mocking me and we were laughing because it was a big joke. So now we refer Kim, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We refer to my friend Kim as Kim. <laughs> so just funny things like this happen in your brain. There is also evidence that shows that bilingual infants possess advantages in terms of specific memory aspects, such as the ability to generalize information from one event to another. So funny things happen with memory, with language, and you have to remember that language is also tied to emotion. So, I mean, this was not part of the study, but you have to wonder if somehow emotion plays into that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that bilingual children are smarter. It just means that our brains or bilingual brains work a little differently than monolingual brains. And in some cases, it can be advantageous. Now, you also have to take into consideration exposure, environment, genetics. All of these things go hand in hand, right? Just because you're raising a child bilingually doesn't mean they're going to become the next Einstein, okay? That's not what this means, but it does mean that there are some advantages that could have a lot of potential benefits for your child. I know if you were at the baby show, I said this probably a hundred times. <laughs> I attribute my daughter's academic success and her hockey success to being bilingual, one, multilingual, but to us working with her natural abilities and how we like to share information, which is what I teach in my bilingual parenting course and program. So those two things together, okay, not the fact that she's just being raised bilingually, but the fact that we're working with how she likes to learn those things, if you ask me, are putting her on the road to success or to potentially having a more successful future, cross her fingers, but she wants to go to the Olympics, so we'll support her. <laughs> Another question I get asked is, if I want to raise a bilingual child, how should we speak to our child? Should I just speak to my child in my language and my spouse or husband or partner speak to my child in another language? So the OPAL method, which is very common in bilingual parenting, is one person, one language. It means that one person speaks to the child in one language, the other person speaks to the child in another language. So if mom speaks Spanish, she will speak to the child only in Spanish. If dad speaks Italian, he will speak only Italian to the child, right? Or if dad 
child speaks English, she will speak English to the child. Now, this is very common. It's very effective. That is a very effective way of raising bilinguals, in my opinion. But it's not the only way because things get complicated. Every family is different. And if you ask me, that's not how I'm raising my daughter with one parent, one language. I mean, that's not how it worked out. I wish it did, but that's not how it worked out. Well, I generally speak to my daughter in a combination of English and Spanish. Now it's more like 50-50. Early on, it was more like 70% in Spanish, 30% in English. I switched back and forth. I didn't do a just Spanish model with her because I was more comfortable speaking English. And even now, I'm still more comfortable speaking English, but I know the importance of raising her bilingually. So I will speak to her in Spanish because I try, again, it's work on me and it's work for me, but I understand the value that it's giving her. So what I will say, what is the best method? How should you speak to your child? Yes, one parent, one language is effective, but it's not the only method. And you have to find a way that works for you. You have to find what works for your family and your family's needs. This will not confuse the child. If you do this early on, if one parent speaks to the child in one language and the other speaks to the child in another language, as the child continues to grow, what will happen is that the child will address mom in one language and the child will turn and address the other parent in the other language. Now, in some families, they feel like this creates sort of a disconnect in terms of the family unit. And I totally understand this. I totally understand this because many families don't want the other person or other family members to feel left out. I understand this is something that we lived in our home. And there are certain times where we only speak English because I didn't want to exclude my husband. So during those cases, you can perhaps say, okay, when the family's together, we as a family, as a unit, we only speak English. But when mom is with child, perhaps only mom and child speak Spanish. When dad is with child, only dad and child will speak in the other language. Or if it's English, perhaps it's English. You have to create a system. You have to create a way that works for your family and your child. And this is what I work with parents on, is really working on a style and a system that works for their family and their child. So it's really whatever works for your particular family's needs. Another question I get asked is, are bilingual children more prone to language difficulties and disorders? Like, don't they get delays often? So really, this is a big misconception that parents have. And I'll put parents there. I'm throwing you under the bus, parents. <laughs> and it's because really, we didn't know. We don't know early on. And we fear everything with our babies. I know I feared everything with my daughter. And I was concerned if she was behind in some areas over other children. I get it. I was I was a young mom too. And I totally understand. Now, why parents have this big misconception is because in bilingual children, they will develop differently in terms of not language, but in terms of how they show what they're learning. So for example, let's say a monolingual child knows 80 words, right? 80 words in English, cat, dog, you name it. Child knows 80 words, right? The bilingual child, same age, may also know 80 words. However, the bilingual child may know 40 words in English, 40 words in Spanish. So while it may appear easier for the monolingual child to put a sentence together because he has 90 words to use from his vocabulary, it may seem that the bilingual child is delayed or showing signs of being delayed because his vocabulary is more limited and he could be code switching or mixing words between both groups of words to create a sentence, right? So it doesn't mean that your child 
child has a delay because he's not using all the words in English, it just means that he's pulling from his resource in his head, right? He still has the same 80 words, but they just happen to be in two different languages. So for parents, the fact that they're hearing their child mixing the languages or not speaking enough, quote, English words, this can be like a red flag and they can be like, oh, my child is showing signs of delay. Now, the other thing that can happen in children is that children, especially when they're being raised simultaneously as a simultaneous bilingual, they may show preference to one language over the other. So children may even experience what's called a language strike where they don't want to speak a language. And that is all very common. And what I can tell you is don't fear. Don't fear. It's all very part of the bilingual learning process. And they will pick it up as long as you continue and you don't give up. They will pick it up. Now, if you are concerned because there are cases that there are delays in children. That doesn't have to do with the fact that they're bilingual. They're just going to be any child can have a speech delay or a language impediment. That can happen to any child. The fact that they're being raised bilingually has nothing to do with it. What I will say is if you have concern, one, speak a specialist, but two, try to seek a specialist that focuses on bilingualism or that has experience working with bilingual or multilingual or bicultural or multicultural cultural families. This is important because not still to this day, still not every specialist is as open to bilingualism as you would think they would be, right? So really, if you have any concerns, you really want to seek professional help. Those are the most common questions that I got asked at the New Jersey Baby Show or the New Jersey Baby Expo. If you have any questions about raising a bilingual baby or bilingual child, I encourage you to email me at contact at milegacy.com. That's contact, which is the contact at milegacy spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. Or you can also email me at Jani spelled J-A-N-N-Y at the Latina Mom Legacy.com. Send me an email. I'm more than happy to help you to answer any questions. Let's close out this episode. Raising a bilingual baby can be challenging, but it has many benefits for your growing baby. Here are this episode's key takeaways. One, childhood bilingualism is a natural process with children born ready to learn multiple languages without confusion. Two, early bilingualism offers cognitive advantages, including improved memory and language processing skills. Three, starting bilingual exposure early is crucial as there is an incremental decline in language learning abilities with age, but it's never too late to start to raise a bilingual child. Four, while one parent, one language method may work for one family, every family and child are different. Language exposure and support are also things that may be needed to help you successfully raise a bilingual child. Pick a method that works best for your family. Five, bilingual children are not more likely to have language disorders and fostering early bilingualism provides cognitive benefits that last a lifetime. Finally, know that gifting your child the gift of another language will help them become more empathetic world citizens. And in today's world, kindness matters in any language you speak. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. If you like today's show, be sure to leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and be sure to follow or subscribe. For all show notes, visit your podcast platform or visit the Latina Mom Legacy.com. Hasta la próxima. Ciao, ciao.